it took, um, I don't want to say strength, but, you know, through my gritted teeth to thank him for some of the challenges that I was facing during the week. God, thank you for this. I don't see the blessing, but thank you. Thank you for this. And so, I, I, you know, as, as I, I preached, you know, I, sometimes I try to practice what I preach. And so this, this practicing of thankfulness um, could be a challenge. Taking for granted seems to be my default mode um, when when I'm um, confronted with life. But then I got to thinking, Holy Spirit, what's next? And my mind just started to think through um, the Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays debates. Now I know that um, that that we in the Christian community we like to say Merry Christmas. And there was much offense taken uh, when the idea of happy holidays was beginning to um, beginning to replace Merry Christmas, and, and the church was in an uproar. And um, and, and I and, and I never was kind of following that vein. It really didn't bother me that people said happy holidays because maybe I looked Jewish and they were trying to be respectful that I don't celebrate Christmas. I celebrate Hanukkah and there's no happy, I guess you could say happy Hanukkah, but you know, happy holidays is just all encompassing. Anyway, I digress. And so I remember like pre-Trump era, like everybody, you know, had their, had their, their nose all up in it and up it shoveled because it's Merry Christmas and not happy holidays. Okay. And then Trump gets elected. I am not advocating Democrat or Republican. I am a, I'm an equal opportunity offender, so please don't get me there. But this is when the shift happened because I remember, and, I, and I'm part of thinking, oh, we've rescued Merry Christmas. How, how exciting that was. We rescued Merry Christmas. It's no longer happy holidays. It's not a holiday tree. It's a Christmas tree. And I don't know about you, but it felt like the, the, the church felt like we had this big spiritual win. Like, woohoo, we, we ushered in God's kingdom because now we get to say Merry Christmas. And I thought, wow, we, we really set the bar kind of low. Um, if, if we think we've won the culture war because we can say Merry Christmas, I think we're missing the point. I, I think we've, we've missed something. We've settled for just mere holiday cliches instead of deep spiritual work that the church is called to. Now, I'm not saying I know the importance of names and, and phrases and changing things like that. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that um, the replacement of Merry Christmas with something like Happy Holidays isn't a big deal. But it's, it's not the win that, we ch that the church celebrated when Trump got elected. It, and, I, and I just thought it kind of funny. Um, wow, like Merry Christmas. And so I said, well, what is it, God? What are, we, what are we missing in this time of preparing for the holidays? And the word proclaim came to me, that we would, we should be proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. See, so would you uh, advance the next slide? I forgot to open my... And so Mark chapter 16, Jesus says this, and these are red letters in most Bibles. He says, go into all the world 
and proclaim the gospel to all creation. Go into all the world, pretty inclusive, proclaim, proclaim, speak out, yell out, let people know about the gospel, this good news to all creation. All people would hear the gospel proclaimed. Like that's what God, that's what Jesus has, has given us uh, to do. Like he, he instills in us the power, he instills in us the call, go do this, proclaim this gospel to all the world, to all of creation. We, the church, we have been called, we have been empowered, we have been set up, we are supposed to make a difference and an impact in this culture. We have been called to be change makers in this culture. Not by me, not by some popular um, pastor celebrity, but by the creator of the universe himself. He has called us to make a difference in this culture that we would not be, um, we would not be, what's the word I'm looking for, um, conform to what takes place in the world, but that we would stand outside of that, the word called holiness, separate from that, and that we would start to influence for the kingdom of God, the culture around us, by this idea of proclaiming. Now, it's interesting to me, uh, that here's the way Paul words it, this, this, um, to, to pay attention. He says in Colossians, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. deceit. What he's getting to is, don't be uh, suckered into believing the things of this world, the wisdom of this world. Don't be suckered into this, the, the, the going after the, um, uh, the pursuit of fruitless things that, that just don't bring any satisfaction, right? Empty deceit, philosophy, according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits, he's getting all back to don't get sucked up into the things of this world because we're supposed to influence this world, not be influenced by it. Our influence is supposed to be bigger than the world's influence on us. So we are, we, we're not to be taken captive, we're not to be sidelines, we're not to be prisoners by this culture, but we're to then speak out into this culture. This world can't give us anything better than what Jesus can give us. This world can't fulfill us like Jesus can fulfill us. This world cannot heal us like Jesus will heal us. And no one can forgive us like the faith in Christ offers us forgiveness. And so we're to stand back from this world, not out of it, in it, but we are to influence it, and it's not to influence us. And we do this one way, one way, as we enter into this time of year to, to proclaim the gospel. Now, I want to talk about this idea of proclaiming. Um, there's, there's, um, there's, there's a lot of different, uh, I think, ways to do it. But, but first, I want to just set up for you um, what Jesus has commanded for us. And my laptop is just not, or my iPad's not working. So would you go to the first slide? 
there we go. Nope, this one. So this is in Acts chapter 1. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Notice what it says in there. You will be my witnesses. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a witness for Jesus Christ. Whether that be a good witness or a not so good witness. And it doesn't say maybe you're going to be a witness. The possibility is there that you may be a witness. It says you will be my witness to the end of the earth. Well, we've already seen that Jesus said, go to all the world, proclaim my gospel to all creation. We are that witness. Whether we want it or not, whether we believe it or not, good or bad, we, I, am a witness for the kingdom of God. That's for Sue. And Paul would write, but in your heart, I'm sorry, Peter would write, but in your hearts, honor Christ as the Lord, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a, def a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that you, that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So this idea of proclamation, um, th there's a part of us that should be ready personally to proclaim God to the world. And so the idea of, you know, the, the spiritual disciplines for us, many people don't share their faith because they don't feel like they know enough. Now, some of that is bunk because your testimony is a pretty powerful thing, whether you know any scripture or not. Uh, but 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 in some of that is is truth but but people tend to sit there and say well i just don't know enough instead of pursuing the scripture instead of studying the scripture instead of spending time in prayer spending time uh, with other believers talking hashing out and and just meditating on the word of god and, and and so we have been called to proclaim it's not like if we're going to be his witness we are his witness either we're a strong witness or a weak witness we're a, a powerful witness or not so powerful of a witness, yet the potential in each and every one of us is to be a very powerful witness for the kingdom of God. That is everyone in this room who professes Christ as Savior. That is your potential. That by your words, you can give life. By your words, you can heal. Not in your own strength, not in your own power, not in your own name, but in the name of Christ. You have that potential. But we have to take some responsibility upon ourselves that we would press into the things of God. That we would be prepared, prepared to speak the gospel. Next verse, soon. Proclaiming. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. The way you live your life the way I live my life, what people see on the outside is a testimony and a witness and proclaims something about the kingdom of God. And I know that it feels to me a little bit unfair, like really, like everything I do, yes, everything that we do says something about the kingdom of God in our lives. 
And so how I live, the things that I do make a difference, even when people don't see it. And, and sometimes, you know, I've, I have done, I've done many things because I felt the, uh, the unction of the Holy Spirit come upon me. And, and like simple everyday things like um, help this person in the parking lot or pray for this lady in line or just, just little things like that. Uh, even, even, even maybe not so much the prayer, but just little acts of helps, little acts of kindness. And I do it because I really feel that the Holy Spirit is, is prompting me to do that. But you know what I never usually do? I never connect that then to Jesus. I always do this in the kind of the quiet of my heart, like opening doors, closing doors, helping with growth, you know, just things like that where you want to bless a perfect stranger. But yet I fail to connect it to Jesus. You see, and if I can do that, I am proclaiming the gospel. I can proclaim by helping someone put their groceries in the car and just tell them, God had you in mind today when he asked me to help you. What a powerful, powerful testimony that is to someone. And yet, how many times have I actually done that? I'm not bragging about myself like I'm some great guy, though I am. But anyway, but like I, I have done that and like not connected it to Jesus and missed, missed my point, missed the mark. I can proclaim in the everyday just doing little things by connecting them to Christ. You know, I just felt God told me to help you with these groceries, to put them in your car. And I guess that means that he's looking out for you today and he loves you. That's all. That, that, it's as simple as that. Like, like when, when, this, when this epiphany came upon me, I'm like, come on, it can't be that simple. Like, like when, you, when you think of proclaim, you think of Isaiah standing naked in the street going, thus saith the Lord. And, and it's in the Bible, so read it. Um, but, but, it's, but that's not all that there is. We proclaim the kingdom by the way we live our lives. That's what the word says. That's what God's word says. And last but not least, Revelation chapter 12 and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. People can argue theology all day long. Christians argue theology with Christians all day long. We can argue meanings of Greek words and Hebrew words and we can talk doctrine. But it's really hard for someone to disprove your testimony of what Christ has done for you. There are powerful, powerful testimonies in this room right now that if you have the opportunity to share may change someone's life. Yesterday we had our, our men's breakfasts. Uh, we had a really good, we had a really good um, uh, turning, out turning, out when people showed up. Um, there was over, over 40 guys here and uh, Pastor Jack Seamus gave his testimony about how as a, as a crazy kid, he was involved in a car accident. Um, he, he was paralyzed from the neck down. They told me never walk again, God healed him. And then, you know, 40 years later, he gets septic. He gets a heart valve. He's in the hospital for months. He learns how to walk. His wife is diagnosed with a brain tumor. It's operated on, it's non-cancerous. Uh, and so it's just, and then they realize that he's got kidney cancer. They take a kidney and one of his other one fails. He's back in the hospital. They jumpstart the kidney. Oh, then with all this prednisone and stuff he's on because of his kidneys, his hips fall apart. And so he's got to get two new hips. The guy's my age, he's 50. 55 years old 
And sitting in that room from this pastor who started out his life as a drunken partier sat about 15 guys from Recovery Center in Waterbury with their eyes and ears glued to Jack and his story. Powerful testimony to those guys who are fighting addiction, who heard that God is enough, who heard that in the midst of the, the, the horrid impossibleness of life, God is enough. God shows up. And it might not be the way that we want. Jack can walk, but he walks with a, a severe limp. But he walks. Your testimony is a powerful proclamation of what God has done. And I know some of you, like, I remember when my son was baptized, and, and you know, we asked people to give their testimony before they take the big dunk. And um, he said, Dad, I, I really don't have a testimony. Like, I was born up in a Christian home. I've been a Christian all my life. I've grown up in church, and I'm getting baptized. I have no testimony. I said, son, I have prayed for that testimony over your life, your entire life like as boring as possible your testimony could be, which is a powerful testimony of God's sovereignty and influence in someone's life. And so if you don't have that colorful, uh, God pulled me out of a dumpster with a, with a needle in my arm testimony, God redeeming that and God sovereignty over someone who never went through that but just followed Jesus, those testimonies are equally as powerful. And they speak the same truth. God is good. God is on the move. God loves you, and he wants the best for you. And so, church, as we come into this, um, as we come into, as we're moving through this Advent season, that we would, uh, that we would have this place in our spirit, that we would practice being thankful. We would practice gratitude. We would practice just looking at life through a different lens that everything is a blessing. All good and perfect gifts come from who? From God. And so, you know, we don't consider, I don't consider taking a breath a gift because I just do it all day long. I don't think that, but every good and perfect gift, well, that means that if my life is being sustained by this thing I call breath and it's God's gift to me, and I should, I should be thankful. So as we come to the table today, remember thankfulness, but also remember that there's so much more to proclaiming the kingdom of God than just yelling from a street corner. That your actions proclaim the kingdom. That your life is a witness for the kingdom. And it's up to you whether it's a powerful witness or not. as you come this morning do the work of the spirit between you and God take your time you don't have to rush we'll take communion together and then we'll finish this morning by worshiping just a little bit more